to my boudoir. Or as uh, some like to call it a, a, a podcast. The last podcast, actually. Yeah. Wow, we wow. made it. It's been a wild ride, guys. There's been ups, a lot of downs. <laughs> <laughs> I would say a disproportionate amount of downs. Aww. But there were some ups. Aww. No, okay, sorry. No, I, I'm just blue. <laughs> I feel like a nice... Jade turquoise. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, you're jaded. Oh. Because I thought that was a joke uh. you were Um, No, welcome to our last podcast um, called Love Letters to Fuckboys Presents. In conclusion. In conclusion. Um, there's going to be no timer. That egg timer broke. No, it didn't. Well, it was always broken because it was like $1.99, but... <laughs> Um, strap in. This could go for five hours. We, we ended our show on a, like a check-in. We talk so much about other people and fuck boys and their lives. So we decided to end. Yeah. With letters, letters we penned to ourselves. And we thought it would be a really cathartic for us and hopefully nice round off for you guys to check in with ourselves and like. Ourselves? Well, we're check- like checking in with each other, I guess, about how we're feeling in our current states in relation to fuckboys and dating and our love lives and our positions in the world at this very moment. And um, it's sup- it's like self-involved, yes, but I think that a lot of the sad girl qualms people feel are quite universal. And I think that sometimes it can be super comforting to hear about other people's own internal worlds and their feelings and understandings and I don't know, hopefully you can identify with this, some of this and hopefully um, it'll be therapeutic. But on the note of therapeutic, I do want to say... Before we get into it. Get help. Um, I can't recommend this enough. I see a psychologist and it's one of the greatest self-care things I do. Um, And I think that it's really, really valuable to be able to talk to your peers and your family and your friends and whoever in your life. But it's also super valuable to be able to speak to professionals that can give you really good tools. An outside eye, I think, and steps to improve Mm. your brain because brains are weird, but beautiful. So take care of yours. Take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you you want to start? Yeah, let's go. What's, in conclusion, Leah Stark, how are you feeling? In conclusion, um, it's been a big year of exploration for me. Um, I've come since the show finished into one of the most like whirlwind romances of my life. Um, and it's been really big. Um, and he lives in San Francisco and I live here. And navigating, um, like, long-distance relationships has been really tricky. And isolating, but also, like, a lot of highs. So it's, like, it's really... You get, like, extreme feelings with long-distance relationships, I think. It's like a drug. 
you get given like two weeks of like holiday in America or two weeks holiday in Melbourne and it's really lovely. But then you get like 50 weeks of the year, like feeling like alone and distant and far away and just wanting like a hug. So that's been a weird thing on its own. But then we've also come into um, polyamory together and that's been such a big trajectory for my life and I think it's like I'm feeling really good about it but I'm I'm saying it's like saying this all from like a very comfortable position and like I'm still unlearning jealousy um and I'm still like I still have moments where I can't go to sleep because I know like the love of my life is like boinking someone else and like just thinking about that it's like stress inducing to the max and it makes me feel really like unlovable but I feel really confident right now in my um relationship with him that I can ask for reassurance and I can ask to be loved and because I deserve it and reading this beautiful book called The Ethical Slut has made me really empathetic and I love listening to people's frustrations and giving them someone to vent to um so I'm feeling really good about it but that's it comes and goes and sometimes I feel awful and I just want to give it all up because it sucks sometimes. But um, I recently went on a trip to Melbourne and I went to a play party, a beautiful play party where every person of the rainbow, gender, ethnic background, cultural background, um, sexuality, every kind of person was there and it was beautiful. And then I came back to Brisbane and I felt angry I was really mad and frustrated with the games that Brisbane was playing and how no one wanted to own up to what they wanted and felt scared by me asking for certain things or didn't know how to say what they wanted and it's such like a privileged position that I'm in to be like I'm not repressed why the fuck are you so that's a weird place for me to be in um So I feel like I want to move to Melbourne just so I can have the shitty job and the shitty house that I have here, but in a city where I might be able to find more connections with people who are like-minded. I think the original way you said that is so you can live in a shitty house and have a shitty job and get laid more. Well, look, (laughs) I think that would be nice. (laughs) Stop trying to be poetically. I'm trying to be really poetic. I just want to get fucked every which way. And I don't think that's happening in Brisbane anytime soon. Um... Because, I don't know, it, I feel like I haven't found my sexual people here in Brisbane. Um, and I want to create a sexual space in Brisbane. That's like, one of, I, it's like the only career goal I have at the moment or like thing I know in the future that I want to do is to make a physical space, a sensuality store, um, it's like the only thing I have and I'm like gripping onto that with dear life. But I feel really bored with Brisbane and it feels really shitty to say. And I wish there was another city I could go to that wasn't Melbourne and I felt more at home at. But all the other ones I need visas. <laughs> so Melbourne's right there. It feels like I'm a walking cliche, but I just kind of have to go where where I'm happy. Um, I don't know. I guess... I feel really good in this year. I think I've, it's been a big personal journey for me 
and fuckboys, I almost feel like bad for them now. I feel like they, I'm just like, wait, oh. do you mean fuckboys is in the humans or like fuckboys is in this world? No, the humans, okay. <laughs> the humans I feel bad for because like they're just not emotionally mature and like, that's really sad. And I hope they just like go home and like check in with themselves about what it is they want and like learn how to say that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I feel so comfortable just having, like I could literally just have sex with anyone right now. And like, if if I like connected with them and vibed with them, it would be like fine. And it wouldn't change a friendship or it wouldn't change my love for, um, San Fran boy. It just, everything is in its own like section, I guess. So I've had a lot of like weird moments this year, figuring out my sexuality, but I feel really confident in it. And I feel really confident in my empathy and like how I'm going on um, unlearning jealousy. So I'm feeling really good. And it feels weird to have based a show in my unhappiness in my like sexual realm and then to come back to it a year later, just over a year later, more than like a year and a half later. Less than. A year and like three quarters? A year and three months? No, it's less than a year. Oh, Melbourne Fringe. Yeah, that's right. Um... And come back Wait, to it. Wait, do you mean since making the show or since we last worked on it? Because since we last worked on it, it's yeah. one month shy of a year. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what I meant. Just the last time interacting with it, I guess. Um, I guess it's, it's been a weird dynamic because I'm so, I'm quite happy with myself. Like I'm feeling really good and I feel, how do I, <laughs> like, how do I say that? And how do I, how do I be vulnerable about this when I'm feeling really good and like happy people are boring. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I'm really worried that I'm just going to, this show will just be like boring from my end because people won't listen to want to listen to how happy I am. So, um, it's a weird time. Um, but I'm feeling really good. Um, bored with Brisbane. I want to open a sex door. When I was a kid, I watched, this movie, not a kid. I won't say that. That's almost problematic. When I was like in high school, I watched this film called Barbarella and it's a really cheesy sci-fi film from the sixties with Jane Fonda. Oh, she's so hot. She's so fucking hot. Best costume. Like (laughs) ever. But she basically just saves the world by fucking everyone. She just fucks everyone. And I just saw that. She's like a space lady of sex. Of sex. And she, saves the earth just by boinking everyone and i think that's like i just took that on and i really just want to <laughs> save the world by sleeping it's with a everyone very d- strong point in my development <laughs> i guess i just realized that i think if i if everyone like comes to terms with what they want and learns to love and the more love you put out there the more love you'll receive kind of like hippie bullshit that they say in the ethical slot i actually believe that Cause I'm like letting go of like possessions as people. Um, and just learning that they, I want everyone to be happy and I want me to be happy. So, and I want me to be happy. Um, I guess that's where I'm at. And in conclusion, I think I have, I'm on my like sexual slutty journey and I'm getting quite good at knowing what I want. Um, so I'm like fine with fuck boys and 
I re-downloaded Tinder, so everything's looking up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how long I talked for, but I don't feel like it was a lot to say because I'm... Oops. But I'll ask this question now. Melina. Yes, Leah. In conclusion, how do you feel? Not good, Leah. <laughs> It's not looking good, um, and I'm going to use comedy to mask my unhappiness. Uh, I'm going to do the whole review in this. I'm not. Please don't. I'm, please don't do that. No. Um, it's not been a. It's not been a great time in my life. I feel like I need to start this review with. I don't think I've grown as a human. At all in regards... No, I take it back. I take back instantly what I just said. I have grown as a human in the sense that I made one of my... Everyone says I hate New Year's resolutions, but I think it's a really good time to look at yourself and take stock and make some goals for your future, but kind of more abstract goals. But one of my more abstract goals was to like stop with the fuckboy drama, which is hilarious because we wrote an entire fucking play about it, but I really, it really affects me emotionally. And I realize that I use dramas in the romantic aspect of my life to stop me from focusing on more important things. So I use that drama as an emotional outlet to occupy my brain instead of being like, Oh, where are you going in your career? Why don't you ever use your time productively Instead, I can be like, oh, woe is me. Why didn't he text me back? So I think I've grown as a person in the sense that I've kind of let go of a lot of that drama in the sense that I don't make mountains out of molehills anymore as much anymore. And I've kind of just been like, this is an aspect of your life that's shit and you need to come to terms with that and accept it and just stop putting time and effort into it because there's no rewards coming out of that stock portfolio. (laughs) Um, But I remember a really good friend of ours on the closing night of the first season we did of Love Letters to Fuckboys and Other Ways of Wayward Women um, said to both of us that she really, she really enjoyed the show and stuff, but um, she wondered what like conceptually it would mean if this show wasn't performed by two like young, attractive women And she said it in the sense of being like, what would this show be like if it was performed by dudes or older women? But the fact that she was like, there was a kind of idea that this show had such impact and worked because it was performed by two young, attractive women. And I was like, I don't agree with that because I don't see myself that way. And I think it's really hard to like be seen, I suppose, in a light when making this work as like I think it makes me seem like I see myself as this like slutty, sexually active like babe when I don't think I'm like that at all. Like I I never I I very rarely get laid and I think I'm I like everyone has like super deep seated insecurities, but like I don't know, mine go beyond like just the everyday things where people are like, oh, I feel bad about that part of my body. Like I obsess over things to do with my body that like seriously cause me like so much distress. And I know that's like, that's not uncommon. Like so many people feel that way, but like 
I literally like look at myself in the morning and I'm like, you're so fucking unlovable. No one's ever going to take you seriously. Your eyes never look in the same direction. And like, it's things like that, that like everyone has it, but I feel like I have such a consistent outward persona of being confident and like sure of myself when I'm so far from it, like in every way, shape and form. And I think that like, that doesn't make me different from anyone else, but it's just a a way that I feel I'm perceived by people. And like, especially people that don't actually know this work and know that it is about vulnerability and know that it's about like the difficulties and like the rawness and the humanity in sex and in love and in relationships. Like I think this, there's a, there's a massive perception that this show is about like two young sassy ladies going out and getting it. And it's like, that's not my life at all. And I don't feel that way at all. And I feel like it's really hard to say this, that like you said that we wrote this show when we were really sad well, we both just, well, I was really sad when I wanted to, when I, when I was like, we need to profit off this heartbreak. And I know you were in New York and like, we both felt really lonely and stuff. And it's just really hard when we, when you, I feel like you've evolved and like your closing letter used to say that like you knew you were going to die alone and that you were okay with that. And it's, it's just kind of hard for me, not in a way that like, I'm like, oh, fuck you, Leah. But in a way that it's hard for me when you've grown so much and you no longer think that you're going to die alone and you're, like, happy and in love and have that constant source of, like, positivity in your life. And I'm like, yeah, shit, I'm straight up going to die alone. Like, nobody fucking loves me. No one's ever going to love me. Um, And it's just, like, that I derive so much positivity about myself when people are attracted to me and I think that's super problematic but I think a lot of people do that way do that and they get a lot of their own confidence in themselves when they know people want to fuck them and especially like attention from men like and women but predominantly more men I don't know why that is like one of the very few sources of like me feeling positive about myself And it's, like, few and fucking far between in my life. Um, So, yeah. But, like, I don't know. And also there's another thing that I feel, like, where I am in my life, like, as, like, a young, like, like, blood, like, becoming, like, mid-20s person, the fact that I've never had a relationship, I think, is a sign that, like, people read as, like, a sense of, like, emotional immaturity, that reflects really poorly on me and like yeah maybe I am like emotionally immature in that respect and like I definitely don't like I know that like okay there's a thing I think when people become like mothers they like truly learn to like think actually think about people outside of themselves and this is why I think like men in all ages are intrinsically self-centered but I think like when you become like a mother you learn to like think about people outside of yourself like properly And I think the fact that I've never been in a relationship is like, I'm so self-centered in a way that is like ugly and so self-involved in a way that is like harmful to others. And I think that like, 
I look at myself and I, I like enjoy and love the fact that I can be reckless and with my choices in life and I have no emotional responsibility for another person. And the fact that I enjoy that is like problematic. And the fact that I enjoy that is like, you probably don't deserve to be in love because you're a horrible person who probably is like a, like a medically diagnosed narcissist. So that's where I'm at, I suppose, which is negative, I'd assume. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. You didn't say anything that whole time. Because you were so enthralling. I could just listen to you forever. Thanks. Thanks. Am I enthralling because I cried? I didn't have a tissue and now my tears are on, like, pooling on my double chin. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Mmm. But I was just going to say that I think you're very emotionally mature. And I think that almost being in a relationship sometimes with people our age tends to show a sign of emotional immaturity. You know what I was thinking about today? What were you thinking about today? I was thinking about, like, people in the art world and, like, just at the moment, just because I'm so busy and, like, I, like, as young people in the art world... We have to spend so much time and our own time. Like no one's, no one's paying you to do this shit. You like, you you take it home with you as well. You take it home with you and you got to go out and get it independently. And the fact that like so many people in the art world, myself included, have like severe mental health problems or just like mental health problems. They don't necessarily have to be severe, but like, it's just like, Whenever I look at people who have successful careers and shit, I'm like, how much fucking shit did you have to endure? Because, like, right now I feel like I'm fucking drowning. Yeah. And in in relationship stuff or, like... No, just, like, the arts. art world. But also then... And then, like, this is where it coincides with what I was saying. And uh. it just feels like that, like... I have no one there to support me and tell me that they, like... I did a good job and they're proud of me, aside from, like, my mom. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm envious of people in relationships because they have those, like support systems and that goes on to like any part any path you choose in life like having that support system and like having someone to like bring you pad thai when you like can't get out of bed because you're super depressed babe i'm right here (laughs) i know i know and like that's fine and i value and appreciate your friendship so much and i think the only reason that i haven't like fucking imploded as a human being is because i have such amazing like friends and supportive friends and like a supportive mom and like that's these are all like super fucking valuable and lovely relationships and like I don't discredit them at all but like I think there's a different emotional support you get from someone who's also like you're sad don't worry I'll eat you out (laughs) true you know and don't say I'm here (laughs) because you were looking at me with eyes that were gonna say that like I'm always here for you babe (laughs) um okay but I agree, and I would like to state for the record that while I'm very happy in my <laughs> sexual and romantic life right now, I am a, a shambles of a human in terms of my artistic career. So, yeah, we all got something. We all got something. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, maybe that was a bit off topic. But no, I think it, it's well. I think we're passionate people, and like that flows from our relationships to our careers as artists and so, i think this is an embodiment of both of those it is it's like bloody it's a fucking crossover it's like the crossroad 
And so it's hard also when you're making money from your like talking about this stuff. And so I think, and also I just want to say on that note, like, Making money from this, a what a fucking joke. It doesn't exist. We do this for the passion of it, but like also this show is, this work is so emotionally exhausting. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't think, I think as the people are, we are, we're better at talking about these things than a lot, but like to bear all emotionally and like, intimate details of your personal life like i don't go to sleep easy at night like sometimes no. i lie awake at bed being like i can't fucking believe i told a room full of people that that was so fucking stupid i like, crash i just like yeah. pass the fuck out because i'm worn out just from like talking about it and you know i'm not we're not standing up we're not running a marathon but i'm still like i'm so tired just from reliving it and like i think people need to be aware of those emotions and be entitled to them because like romance shit making yourself emotionally vulnerable just being emotional in general is exhausting and it is a part of your life that a lot of people shove to the side and suppress and like bottle up and try to be robots essentially and I can't I literally can't do that I'm a very emotional person and I have to feel the things I feel we've always think once you try and control those like it's not it's not healthy We've always talked that we're open books. And I think actually we've always said it in a negative way, but I think it's one of our best traits is that you can read us really. You and White Men and Stark. I disagree. I still want to be mysterious. No, we're never going to be mysterious. I want to be mysterious. Fuck being mysterious. Say, we say what we want and we say how we feel. And like, even if it's a shitty feeling, we still say it. And that's like number one emotional maturity is like owning our feelings. And we fucking own them. And like, that's really a big, and a big thing and it it shouldn't be taken lightly and especially in Australia with our culture of like not talking especially between men and I hope fuckboys out there talk to each other about what they're Mm. going through as well because a lot of this is lady like talk Mm. from two ladies but I it's so valuable I want men to be able to express their emotions but I also care more about women having space to be emotional without being called crazy yeah I agree. Yeah. I agree. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So just check in with yourself, I think. Yeah. And in conclusion, I'd like to say that there's no such thing as a crazy girl. Unless you actually have a... (laughs) No, scrap that. (laughs) My therapist would disagree. (laughs) Mm. In conclusion, it's been really nice talking to you guys. And we hope you made it to the end with us. Yeah, that'd be nice if you're still here. And um, we hope to hang out with you again soon. Yeah, find us. Come. No, don't come. Let's be like, add us on Facebook. <laughs> but I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Interact with our social media. And That's it. We hope to be seeing you again soon. And be gentle with yourself. Not with love. Whiteman and Stark. Love Letters to Fuckboys Presents is co-produced by House Conspiracy. Aw, thanks, Jono. 
If you want to get in contact with us, hit us up through Instagram at Love Letters to Fuckboys. Or you can find us on Facebook as Love Letters to Fuckboys. Please ask us questions. Send us your fuckboy stories and any qualms. Or just say hey. Not with love.